Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Question. What do you fear? What do you fear? Is it fear of change? Is it fear of loneliness? Is it fear of being vulnerable? What about fear of rejection? Or fear of failure? I think about what Paul said over in Romans chapter 8. Are you fear of tribulation? Are you fear of distress? Persecution, famine, or danger? The question that I set before you this morning is, what do you fear? Would you pray with me? Our Father who is our God, I come this morning, and I'm coming to the altar of all grace and comfort. Uh, we worship you, Father, because you are holy, and we praise you for who you are and what it is you have done. And Father, we thank you because of your goodness towards us while we were yet sinners. Your word promised us that surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And almighty God, we thank you for the gift of your holy word. May it be a lantern to our feet and a light to our pale, and may it strengthen our lives on a day-to-day -day basis. We ask you now, O oh Father, to teach us through your word so that we may be ready to serve you for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. If you have your Bible, I ask you to open it to Luke chapter 12. Verses 4 through 7. And let me just say this before I get into these verses. I do understand the context. Jesus is talking to his disciples in terms of them being a witness for him and proclaiming his word and what possibly can happen to them relative to what man can do to them only can kill the body in contrast, what God can do to them, kill the body as well as the soul as well. So I understand the context that this particular verse that I'm lifting up, and I want to have something to say to us outside the scope of being a witness for Jesus Christ, but to us in terms of the possibility of bad things happening to us. So that's what I want to look at this morning. And that's why I posed the question to you, what do you fear? So this here is a standalone sermon, so kind of understand, this is not a series, it's a standalone sermon. So I want you to hear the word of God as recorded in Luke chapter 12, start reading at verse 4. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body 
and after that have nothing more than they can do. But I warn you whom to fear. Fear him who have, after he have killed, has all authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are more value than many sparrows. Now, the word that we just read speaks to the doctrine of Christian providence, which falls under the sovereignty of God. Now, divine providence is the way which God cares for and directs all things in the universe. And God does that by virtue of his wisdom and his love. The doctrine of providence asserts that God is in complete control of all things that go on in the universe as well as in your life and my life. God is never helpless. He is never frustrated. He is never at a loss. And in Christ, we should feel most comfortable, most secure, and most free. Knowing that our God is in complete control. Now, the doctrine of providence stands in direct opposition to the idea that the universe is governed by chance, by fate, F-A-T-E, and by luck. In God economy, there is no such thing as chance, there is no such thing as fate, F-A-T-E, and there is no such thing as luck. In God economy, those words do not exist, Period. So let me say from the beginning that the fear that I am speaking of this morning is the fear of things that can happen to you and I who are, let, who are left at risk in a sin-cursed world. That's the fear that I am speaking of. The fear of bad things happening to you and I, which we consider to be bad. But in God economy, there's only two things that exist, perfection and good. But our perception of life, we see bad things. Now, the word of God is a help in time of trouble as well as any crisis that we might face we can find a refuge of hope in the word of God. Now, let's look and see what God is saying to us in Luke chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. And especially, I'm going to focus and zero and hone in on verse 6 and 7. Now, I understand the context, and I think I have set the stage for that, but I'm looking at this in terms of, not in terms of, of us being a witness for Jesus Christ and declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ and things impacting us in that capacity. I am talking about things that can happen to us in terms of the reality of life of sinful things. 
So we will see that these verses that I want to look at this morning give us some reason of why we can trust the sovereign father in the face of trouble. We can trust the sovereign God in the face of crisis. Even horrible things that man planned for evil, God is in total control. I believe the Lord Jesus provided us with three reasons that we should not fear bad things happening to us. And I remind you this morning that God does not keep his children immune from troubles. I remind you that this morning. Just because we are children of God, he does not keep us immune from troubles. Yet, he promised to never leave us nor forsake us in the midst of our trouble. Amen. I want you to hear me good this morning. Help me this morning, Lord. First reason. We should not fear bad things happening to us because we are encouraged to trust the sovereign father. Look with me at Luke Luke chapter 12, verse 4 and verse 7. And these are the reading of those words. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body And after that, have nothing more that they can do. Why? Even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are more valuable than many sparrows. In those two verses, each time we hear the phrase, do not fear or fear not. And you got to ask yourself the question, why is he saying that? And throughout scripture, we hear God commanding his peoples not to be afraid in spite of overwhelming challenges or danger. There are at least three very good reasons for God's peoples not to live in fear. And the number one reason is this. God is bigger than the object of our fear. God is much bigger than that which we fear. And let me just cite a few illustrations from the Bible that show us that God is much bigger than the object of our fear. Do you remember the Israelites feared Pharaoh's army as they were approaching the Red Sea. And later on, the Israelites feared going into Canaan to take the land. And also, when Moses died, Joshua had a God-sized shoot of fear, and he had fear to take on that responsibility. And if you remember, in the storm, when Jesus sent his disciples over to the other side, 
they had great fear in the storm. In each of those situations, God proved himself to be bigger than the object of their fear. We have no reason to fear anything. Because we have made a decided choice to fear the most important person, and that is God himself. And that is a reverential, respectful fear in knowing who he is through his son, Jesus Christ. So the fear of God keeps us from sin. The fear of man leads us into sin, and that is what we are to avoid the fear of man bringing a snare unto us. Question. What do you fear? Know that God is infinite bigger than whatever that is. Here's another reason why we ought not to fear. God is worthy of our trust. God is worthy of our trust. Because fear is only misplaced trust. Fear will cause us to trust in our own resources or to put our trust in someone or something else other than God. So we really see the antidote to fear is trust. The conviction that not only is God bigger than the object of our fear, God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. So another question. How has fear caused you to trust in something or someone other than God. How has fear caused you to trust in something or someone else other than God? And listen to these words of the psalmist. Psalm 118, verses 8 and 9. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humanity. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in nobles. We can trust the Lord because he is trustworthy. Here's another reason why we shouldn't fear whatever it is. Because God is calling us unto obedience. God calls us to Obedient. In fact, about it, fear paralyzes and immobilizes us. But because we know the battle is the Lord, we can move forward and take the step of obedience when God calls us to get up and go. Listen to what God said to Moses in Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. God told Moses to tell the Israelites to break camp. It was not time to stand still and cry out to God. Rather, it was time to pull up their tent pegs and start moving toward the Red Sea. 
Another question. When has fear immobilized you and deterred you from acting in obedience to God? Maybe it's time to break camp. Do not fear or fear not because we can trust our sovereign father. Now here's the second reason. The second reason that we should not fear bad things happening to us because we are encouraged to trust. Now listen to this right here now. We are called to trust in the omniscient and omnipresent of our sovereign father. And what I mean about that is this. We are encouraged to trust the expanse of God as well as the total involvement of God in our life. That experiences that it's just like the sky is just covering over the earth. The expanse of God is just hovering and covering over us in that capacity. And I'm using the term the omniscient of God and omnipresent of God, and you got to understand this is why I'm using those terms is we know what the omniscient of God is. God is all-knowing. But you've got to ask yourself, why does God have that knowledge? God possessed that knowledge of you and I because God desires to provide and take care of you and I. That's why he's omniscient. It's for our purpose. He knows everything about you and I for that particular reason. And that's what I'm talking about, the expanse of God. We are called and we are encouraged to trust this sovereign God because of his omniscience. Also, we are called to, in, to trust God because it's omnipresent. And we know that when we say I'm not present, God is present everywhere, but God is present everywhere for a purpose. And that purpose is to lead and to guide you and I. Amen. That's why he's omnipresent right here, right now. Because he wants to lead and guide us in life. That's why he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's why we can trust God, no matter what happened to us. All right? So we can trust the omniscient and the omnipresent of our sovereign Father. So to be encouraged that we can trust our sovereign father because he is totally involved in our lives. And that's that totality in terms of his omniscience, his omnipresence. And we stated earlier that all things are under God rule and God control and that nothing happened without 
his direction or his permission. Nothing happened in your life and my life without his direction or his permission. Because he could have stopped it. He chose not to. And that's why we can go to him and reason with him. And hopefully that we can learn what he wants to teach us as quickly as possible. That we may pass through the circumstance and situation that we find ourselves in. So there are no limits to God's rule. God's sovereignty reaches over absolute everything, even horrible things that we may consider bad. But I remind you of what Joseph said to his brothers. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for what? Perfection. And good are the two things in God's economy. And that which we see and perceive to be bad, we have to look at it out of the eyes of God because he is going to change it and he is going to work it for our good. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 6 here. And remember I said I want to really focus in on verse 6 and 7. And here you go right here. This is it here. Verse 6 says this here. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Sparrows were two for a penny. And sparrows simply mean little bird. That's all that means is little bird. These are the most, the little, the smallest bird in the nation of Israel. And this is the picture Jesus is using here. So he's going from the least and he's going to go to the greatest. He's going to go from birds to man, the least to the greatest. But watch this right here. Why we can trust God. And there are a lot of little birds. A lot of them. And they was brought for food. And they were sold for two for a penny. That was like a delicacy in there in the nation of Israel. Poor people brought them and ate them. And I ate a lot of birds going out hunting with my brother. In fact, Luke going to say this right here. You could get five. For two pennies. Now remember, you can get two for what? So now we're saying we can get five. I'm going to say we can get five for two pennies. What's happening? So the guy at the market is just throwing one in for free. That's what he's doing. But someone is keeping track of this. And who is keeping track of it? God. Watch this right here. See, that's how man, man is throwing this extra one in just for free. 
But God is keeping track of these little birds. He's keeping track of them. And who do you think is more important to God? Little birds or you and I? Okay? He threw in one. God keeping track of that one he threw in as well. But watch this right here. So this means that the buyer received the fifth sparrow for free because one sparrow had no value. He had no value. Two for a penny. He got five. One didn't have no value. Imagine even with all the things going on in the world, at any given time, God knows when one sparrow, however worthless in the eye of man, fall to the ground. God knows the value of that one sparrow. And yet, verse 6 says, not one of them falls on the ground without your father knowing it and caring about it. You mean God cares about a two for a penny bird? You mean God knows when a bird dies? Think about driving along the road. You see a lot of dead birds all the time. And when you see those dead birds, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts when you see those dead birds land out there on the highway? Well, I remind you, God's eyes is on those birds. We think nothing of them. But God's eyes are on those birds. Where's his eyes on you and me? Mm -hmm. Watch, Watch this right here. You say God has a list of dead birds? I mean that he knows about them. I don't know. Perhaps he does. He knows about them. Unless you think the father simply allows the death of every sparrow that falls, listen to the words in Psalm 104.29. That God actually takes the breath from every animal that falls. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. In fact about it, I will go to the extent to say that God not only knows when they die, he knows when they hop. He knows everything. He knows when they hop. You say, to that statement, bird hops all the time, Morris. He knows that. And how many times they hop. And think about all the birds in the whole world. Wow. We're going from the least to the greatest. We're going to go from birds to man. And I'm going to tell you something. No matter what happened in your life, 
you can trust God. Amen. I'm going to tell you. And it might take those bad things for you and I to trust him. But he knows what he needs to do for us to forsake all and trust in him. F-A-I-T-H. Forsake all, trust in him. So that's right, they hop all the time. God knows when they hop and God knows when they stop hopping. Nothing happened apart from God knowing about it and caring about it. The smallest animal does not die without God caring. He made those little birds. If we really believe that not one sparrow falls to the ground apart from God knowing or caring about it, then we can trust our sovereign father in our lives. Now here's the third and the last reason that you and I should not fear anything bad happen to us. Anything, anything, nothing. Because we are encouraged to trust the compassion and the comfort of our sovereign God. That's why we should not have no fear. Because God loves us. And God comforts us. He's the God of all comfort. And now I'm at verse 7. And listen to these words here. Now we... It's going from the least. Now we're going to the greatest, which is man. And listen to this right here. Verse 7. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. And I was somewhat kind of curious, and I took Google. My wife always said Google when you want to know something. And I said, Google, how many hairs I have on my head? <laughs> oh, I shouldn't hold my head down. <laughs> and Google said, the average hair on any one person's head is 150,000 hairs. That's what Google said. Well, that's a lot of hair on a person's head. And listen to what verse 7 said. And the very hairs on your head are numbered. Jesus is saying that the Father does this. He knows the number of hairs that you have on your head. And now look at here. And it doesn't say that God count them. It says like they are numbered. So just think if one falls out. He, he, he doesn't count them. 
They are numbered. He knows the exact number. And you say, well, why does it say that? What is the point, Morris? The point is this. If God is concerned about little birds and God is concerned about the numbers and knowing the hairs on your head, don't be afraid, verse 7 say, you are more valuable than many little birds and a whole lot of hair. That's the idea. That's the point that Jesus is going after. Do not fear. You are more valuable than many little birds and a whole lot of hair. And do you know why you should not be afraid? You don't have a thing to fear. Birds do not have souls. Hair does not have a soul either. But you can tell how much something is worth by how much someone is willing to pay for it. We are worth so much to God that he was willing to pay the price of the death of his son for you and I. Praise the Lord. We have nothing to fear. Amen. We have nothing to fear. Nothing whatsoever. Nothing whatsoever. The loving God in heaven value each one of his children. If God so clothes the grass of the field, if God cares for the lilies, if God cares for the birds, shall not he also care for you and I? O ye of little faith. God knows everything that we go through, nothing that happened to us that he does not know about. He knows us better than our mothers. He cares for us from childhood. Our moms cared for us from childhood. We know he knows us better than our parents. God knows us better than the doctors who cares for us. God knows us better than we know ourselves. No one knows how many hairs they have on their head. We can truly say, Father, we know your eye is on the sparrow, and we know that you are watching over us. We listen to ourselves more than we listen to anybody. And I encourage you today to start preaching to yourself and start praying to yourself that your life might reach the sovereignty of God. And your heart will be filled with the ultimate comfort of God himself. We need the care and the reach of God And the two come together in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Christian gospel is the good news that God sovereignly wielded and worked the most tragic evil, the death of Jesus Christ, for the good and the purpose of our redemption. We can trust our sovereign Father 
because he is worthy to be trusted. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are such a wonderful and compassionate king to us in Christ. May we love him more. May we desire him more. May we long to serve him more. And may we forsake all and fully trust in him after hearing such encouraging message. Because we are more valued than many little birds and a whole lot of hair. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all God people say amen.